Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started herbert is the ceo and co-founder of wenly.io based in belgium in the interview we spoke about the importance of culture when working remotely herbert shares the lesson they learned when they went fully remote and the practical things they do to listen share and strengthen human relationships even when they have employees working from 15 different countries we also talk about the most difficult time for them when they had almost ran out of money and they how they persevered and came out on the other side of the struggle hi karbert welcome to the choosing leadership podcast Hi Sumit thank you nice to meet you it's uh, wonderful to have you here with us and uh, for our listeners can you start by sharing a little bit of who you are and what do you do today okay sure so i'm herbert i'm one of the founders of fernly um, i'm ceo and one of the directors on the board and what we do at fernly we actually bring blockchain technology to mainstream uh, we mainly focus on gaming studios helping them to integrate blockchain into their games and do this on a way that's very user friendly for their gamers Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And before we go into that, right? Can you share a little bit of your backstory? How you got started? How you like got where you are today? Sure. Um, so I used to work as a consultant in the IT industry. Usually, as business analyst, project manager. So I worked for a couple of companies, and then I got placed at a company um, called International Post Corporation to do some IT projects there. And it was at the time in 2016 when Ethereum launched. Uh, and one of my colleagues, who is the CEO now, Tim Dirksen, he was very kicked about Ethereum and everything you could do with a blockchain, with a smart contract. So he started preaching every lunch um, on Ethereum and its vision around um, blockchain. And at first, I was pretty skeptical about uh, the magical internet money. But since Tim was so insistent on the technology, I started researching it more in depth, um, and I got convinced on what you can do with. Well, actually, internet money that you can program and that you can automate on smart contracts, all the technology around NFTs. 
Um, so I also got very interested into the technology together with Karel and Davey, my other two co-founders. So we decided to start our own venture into the blockchain space. Um, so we first created some depths before we got the idea of uh, what we do at Stanley now, which is bringing mm -hmm. technology to the mainstream because back in 2016, 17, that was really missing. It was a technology for geeks. Um, but everybody that was not really deep into the tech couldn't use the technology because it was just too hard. Um, and our goal was to simplify this so that everybody who wants to do something on blockchain will actually, and now you can build blockchain games uh, where the gamer doesn't even know that it runs on blockchain in the backend. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, uh, is there anything else in your background before that, that pulled you towards uh, like either finance or towards entrepreneurship? Um, no, not so much. I really rolled into it. Mm. And how was that experience, right? Not just starting your own company, but also having co-founders and a lot of people find that dynamic also, or that relationship also quite difficult to manage. And you have been like doing that for a while. How has that uh, evolved for you? How have you like smoothened into it? Well, in, in the beginning, we were with a team of four. We, we grew to six people and it was very, a very small startup, like you're in hacking mode and you're involved in every little aspect of the business. Um, and it's all fun because you hack some stuff together, you try it out on the market, it fails, you try something else, pivot, and then you can explore other ways. Um, and we wouldn't have been where we are today. Um, so. In the meantime, we raised two financing rounds uh, of which the latest in April that we raised 21 million. But it's also because we are with four founders and uh, we have a lot of discussions, a lot of arguments, but always respectful. Um, and because we have this, it's not just one person and we follow this vision and it makes wrong. So everything we do is well discussed among the team of founders. And that really makes us mm. keep going into the right direction. Yeah. Can you share an example of a time when uh, things were difficult or you had to face a challenge? Uh, and then how did you deal with that? And what did you learn from that? Um, well, our biggest challenge was, I believe, when Corona struck. Um, so it was when we were doing our first fundraise and it got delayed for about a year. So we ran out of money, uh, still building a company. We worked like nine months without any salary. Um, on the small reserves we had. So that was very challenging, but our lead investor, he really believed in the company. Um, we got a Corona loan from the Belgian government, well, the Flemish government actually. Um, and that really helped us bridge a few more months. So we were able then to close our seed rounds and really kickstart the company and really grow into the company of 50 people that we are now. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, how big was your team right back then? Um, back then, well, we were six people, of which four founders. Um, the two people that were on the team, we had to let go because we ran out of money. We couldn't pay them anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but it was quite painful because after working two years together with these people, we were very close to them. We were fond of them. We went together on skiing trips. Um, so yeah, that was a quite painful moment. Yeah. And how... Uh, what did you learn from that process, right? How does that impact who you are today? Does that make you stronger? What lessons do you take from that? Um, if you believe in your vision and you have some proof of the market that, that your product fits the market, I think you just have to keep going and pushing 
and not give up because of some setbacks. Mm. And what was that turning point for you where you like really started to grow again and then started to hire more people? Um, so it was when we closed our seed round. Also, the crypto industry was growing and NFTs were becoming very popular. Um, everything about blockchain gaming took off and that helped us grow. Mm. Yeah. And can you share about the present moment, right? Now we are in 2022 and we might face another recession. Uh, and you just raised around in April. So can you share about mm -hmm. the next three years? Where are you headed as an organization? What is your vision? And then what challenges do you see uh, for yourself as a leader, but also for the organization as a whole? Yes, so we closed our um, Series A just in time before the market collapsed. And then in the crypto industry, we had some more kind of like swan events like um, FTX that collapsed, uh, $8 billion yeah. of people that just got burned. Um, but, well, we are well funded at the moment. Our business is growing. Um, we have very enabling investors who really are good advisors. So I think that's very positive. We plan to grow to 70 people in the coming months. Um, we do see that much more gaming studios are ex exploring blockchain, but really active working on blockchain games. So I think it's pretty positive. It's probably going to be... Um, one more difficult year, um, but we do see quite some activity. So builders keep building, right? Um, and that's mm -hmm. the same in the blockchain space. There's some market setback, but people keep building. It's more difficult to sign contracts, but we still can close them. So, Yeah. And can you share a bit about your vision, like two to three years down the line? What do you want to enable in the industry, in the market? So we want to make it possible for everybody to play blockchain games and have the benefits of blockchain games um, without having to know anything about the technology, without any technical struggles. I'm just ready for the masses. I think there's still a lot of work there. And then we're also um, tackling the market of e-commerce and how they can use digital collect collectibles for community building. And... Yeah. And what uh, what do you think are the biggest challenges, let's say, the next couple of years? that you foresee? Um, I think quite a lot of companies struggle with the same issues and that's finding good talent. Uh, so it's very hard to find the right people, getting them on the team. There have been some big layoffs with other big tech companies. Um, so hopefully we can capitalize on that and attract some of that talent. But it's definitely the, the biggest hurdle. Yeah, yeah. And you shared about the culture earlier, right? People being really together and then you being remote. Can you share a bit more of uh, like what defines your culture, which will also help to attract a new talent, right? Yes. So we want to people who take ownership of their own work, who can work, uh, who can think out of the box uh, and who can work remote because of quite some people, um, well, either they don't like to work remote or they don't have the capacity to do it. Um, some people just need some more control of people being in the office. Um, so we do quite some team events. So we have a monthly gathering online. And then in November, we went on a team event with the whole team in Mallorca. Um, so that really helps to build out a team. Um, because some people never meet, like new people on the tech team, I don't meet them. Um, yeah. But then on an event like Mallorca, you get to know these people more than just, uh, well, a name on Slack, right? I think yes. that really helps on, on creating the team culture and, and getting to know mm -hmm. the people and better work together. Yeah. Can you share a bit more of the tacticals of what are you learning, right? What's the, what 
how often are you meeting virtually for which is not work and what are you doing that there and then how often are you meeting physically um so it depends a bit on, on the people like we have people in 15 different countries so we meet on conferences sometimes so whenever there's a, an interesting blockchain or a gaming conference we attend and quite some time different people meet there um, and then with, with the Belgian team, so we have like 15 people on the payroll in Belgium. And sometimes, uh, I think two, three times a month, maybe a little more, we come together in one um, office center where we just work all together in one room. Mm. And uh, like as co-founders, as leaders, how does it change your leadership style? Or what else have you started to do, which you were not doing before? Uh, and then how is that shaping or evolving your leadership? So I used to be involved in every aspect of the business. Um, I used to be much closer to technology and to product while I'm not really involved on that anymore. So the bigger the company grows, the less you're involved in every um, department in every meeting, creating details. So I started focusing more on, on operations, on to be support, customer support, on friendly ventures. Um, so my role is becoming more a niche role and less a generalist role. Mm, thank you for sharing that, right? I speak to a lot of uh, other founders as well. And one thing which I see is that sometimes it is challenging to let go of things or to trust people or to give ownership, uh, right? And this urge, because you are the founder and you know so much, mm -hmm. there's this urge of going deep and fixing things or telling people how to fix things. Do you see that dynamic at play for yourself also? And then how are you like balancing this out with giving autonomy versus making sure that the business is not suffering and making sure everything is working as expected? Yeah, I do see it with some other people on the team that they have issues with it. Um, I don't really have these issues for me. I really try to spot the weaknesses in the company. I take them in my hands and then I hire the right people to take over these responsibilities for me. And my goal is to make me myself obsolete in the company. Um, so then I hire the right people in the right place and then they get the responsibility. I will give them feedback and I will coach them, um, but I don't want to micromanage them. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a powerful statement. Uh, and since you mentioned about hiring, right, especially when you're hiring leaders or when you're hiring people with who will take on big responsibility, how do you or what has worked for you to evaluate uh, that aspect, right? To that, or is this something you do extra during the hiring process to make sure that you don't want to step in and then you want them to take responsibility? How does that work out from the hiring point of view? Yeah, so some people have good resources before they come to us. Um, like, for example, some of our investors have introduced them. So then it becomes quite easy. They have a, a call with everybody on the management team. We make everybody who wants to join the team do an assessment really based on that role. Um, so we do use quite some online tools for this. So everybody has done some assessments, done different interviews, um, which gives us quite some level of confidence, but it still happens that people don't fit the role or uh, are hired above their level. Sometimes you can give them another role within the company and they flourish there. Um, sometimes you unfortunately have to let these people go and then you wasted quite some time on the hiring and training of them. Yes, yes. I think that is a part of any entrepreneur's journey. Mm -hmm. uh, and how do you manage pressure? How do you manage uh, when things start to go a little bit out of hand? What do you do personally to make sure that 
you have your own balance there to deal with anything in a, in a calm and composed manner. I make sure I have enough sleep, so I'm well rested, and I love to go to the golf club and hit some balls. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. I think that it's so important to get your body moving and also to get uh, proper sleep and rest. Can you share a little bit more about you, yourself, maybe something from your personal life? Is there uh, something which you're excited about, passionate about, which many people are not aware of? No, I think um, a lot of people know me and my life. I'm a father. I have two kids and a stepdaughter. I'm about to get married next year. So it's going to be great. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Can you share what uh, what do you feel most grateful about? For my personal life, I'm very grateful. I live together with wonderful people, have a lot of support from my wife, my friends, my family, my kids, even when I have to travel often for work. And I have an amazing job with wonderful colleagues. It's not always easy. Sometimes we have quite big debates. But as I said, it's always with respect. Um, and it's fun to, to well, kind of, um, choose what I do for work. Like I always uh, fight the new challenges for the company and try to pick these up. So it's very bright what I do. And it's always learning new skills, new things. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I love the choose part, right? Because many times, uh, like when I talk to leaders, there is this language of I have to, or I must, or I should, or I am expected to. Mm -hmm. But when you say I choose, it basically brings so much autonomy and freedom with it. That you don't feel the pressure or the like uh, the stress associated with anything which you think that you are obliged to do but don't really want to do. Mm -hmm. right. uh, can you share? Yeah. Up? yeah, go ahead. That's a good thing also that we with four founders, so everybody has this area of expertise that he focuses on, and um, for the rest you're pretty flexible and you can divide the responsibilities. Yeah, and as you grow bigger, as you have more people, do you foresee any big challenge? Uh, like from the cultural point of view that uh, that you foresee? Uh, not really. I think we manage it pretty well. I think it would be great if we can do more um, in-life meetups. Like now we did it with the whole team. It might be interesting to also do it in like um, the departments itself. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And just to begin to wrap this up, right? If anybody who is listening, who is an entrepreneur, but struggling with uh, like uh, keeping all the dynamics together, like relationships with your co-founders, then relationships with your investors, expectations from customers, from employees. What advice would you give uh, to somebody like that? I think open communication is very important. And if you have something on your mind, you have to discuss it with your team. Um, you always have to be open and honest. That's the most important. Yeah. In a remote work, do you have a particular channel or a medium? to like communicate with the entire team, especially about your challenges or what is not working. Is there something uh, uh, like which happens on a regular frequency? Can you share that maybe? Well, so we have monthly team meetings in Gather, which is an online tool. Um, so there we mainly get an update of the company. How's it going? New people introduce themselves to the whole company. We also have Slack. So when somebody joins, they also has to make a short movie, answer some questions on themselves. So the whole team gets to know them. Uh, and Slack is our main communication tool. And then we have a lot of online meetings, like with all my uh, employees working on the departments that I manage, I have weekly follow meetings. And it works very well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that regular communication, but also utilizing video or like different mm -hmm. ways of putting yourself in front of other people 
even you can't be there physically is also becoming very important in this uh, in this day and age thank you for adding mm-hmm. that video element i really appreciate that yeah and for anybody who is listening right who wants to reach out and we find out more about what you are up to what is the best way to do so um, well people can easily find me on linkedin gerbert from amberge from tenley or they can mail me on gerbert at tenley.io thank you thank you gerbert for everything that you shared today like it uh, it showed me like the calm composed way you deal with uh, and also very structured way that you deal with things in your leadership even though leadership is like kind of dealing with surprises but even in the examples that you have shared about remote work or like those outings and meetings uh, there is a pattern there there is a structure there uh, and thank you for sharing that because many people leave it to chance uh, and then they realize it too late and uh, i think you have done the uh, you have done the proactive part and uh, making sure that like uh, the culture doesn't suffer even if you are working remotely uh, that's wonderful to hear and i want to wish you the very best for everything that lies ahead for you okay you're welcome and thanks for having me on the podcast yes thank you it was a pleasure that's it for this episode of choosing leadership with sumit gupta i choose leadership every time i record this podcast and i invite you to do the same i invite you to design a life of joy meaning pride and satisfaction not just for yourself but for everybody around you if you got something out of this episode would you share this episode on social media and if you know somebody who would be a great guest can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show and if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast and i love seeing your posts and guest suggestions this is what i do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light to help you see what you are already capable of to make sure you don't miss any episodes go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on linkedin i want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and i want to thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership